What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, what an absolutely amazing win for Manchester United. You know, quite frankly, it seems to me that Manchester United just might have gotten the message that I sent not long ago specifically on this show. Because for the record, I'm not going to deny what I said. Oh no. Oh no. On the contrary, as a matter of fact, I'm going to remind everybody what I said. I said that Manchester United had no passion, no motivation, Nothing. No confidence. Nothing. And I said it was so bad that the team, dare I say, the team had absolutely no respect for the game. That's right. I actually said that the lack of passion, the lack of confidence, the lack of playing ability, the lack of desire to work your ass off. I said that it was so bad that Manchester United was at a point where they truly had absolutely no respect for the game whatsoever. And what has happened, ladies and gentlemen, since then? They beat Liverpool. They beat Southampton. Okay? Today, they beat Arsenal in such spectacular fashion. So that's why I'm really starting to feel like maybe, maybe, just maybe, my words somehow got to them. And if they did, then great. I'm not going to go out there and say I'm going to take the credit. I'm going to say if Manchester United got the message, then great. Awesome. Because again, they beat they beat Liverpool when I thought Liverpool would destroy them. They go on to beat Southampton and Leicester City, not in the most convincing fashion, but you know what? I guess the wins a, a wins a win. And then they beat and the way they beat Arsenal today, I mean that, ladies and gentlemen, was truly convincing. The way they beat Arsenal, you just cannot deny that Manchester United, they got out there, they worked their ass off, they played well through the entire game. Okay? That defense just holding up so well in the second half when Arsenal was inflicting pressure, 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 pressure. I was actually worried that any second now, Arsenal was going to equalize because Manchester United was unable to launch offensive attack threats of their own. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is no exaggeration whatsoever. And I can honestly say that I am so, so glad that I got up I got up to watch this game because normally, even though this game was at 10.30 my time, 
I am not truly in favor of getting up early for those early games because last night I was actually at an independent professional wrestling show. Shout out to Pele Pro Wrestling, one of the greatest independent wrestling promotions, not only in the state of Texas, but quite frankly, not only in the United States, but one of the best in the world. Shout out to Kaya Hessler, the owner of Pele Pro Wrestling. Shout out to all the talent. Shout out to everybody associated with Pele Pro Wrestling. One hell of a show last night. I am so grateful and I am so blessed. You know, quite frankly, speaking of wrestling, I know that one of the one of the guys I've actually been following in wrestling for a long time, as you know, he's MVP. For all you wrestling fans out there, I'm sure you know who he is. He's actually a huge Manchester United fan. He loves soccer and I'll be honest, MVP, if you haven't been listening by any uh, chance, I just want you to know, I would love to have you on the show. You are welcome anytime. If you'd like to be on, please just let me know, and I promise I will make it happen. It would be my honor to have somebody great in wrestling, somebody that I've been watching for a long time, someone whose character I really thought was truly unique. You know, I, I always had a lot of respect for MVP. So. If he happens to be listening, if you want to be on this show, you are more than welcome to, my friend. Anyway, so looking at this game earlier, you know, when Arsenal supposedly took the lead early on and that goal was actually taken away because there was a foul on Christian Eriksen, you know, some say that the referee probably should have stopped it immediately, but I mean, at that point, I'm, I'm not sure exactly, like, you know, maybe let the play go on and then you'll go to VAR, but then again... We all know how a lot of soccer fans are truly critical, and I do mean absolutely critical of the video assistant referee, but it was reviewed and the goal was taken away, and I actually feel like that was actually the right move. I mean, Christian Eriksen was in fact fouled, and then, you know, not long after, you know, Manchester United, you know, takes the lead, and of course, you know, who who who, who to give Manchester the, the lead? I mean, how ironic it is. Is it a coincidence? No, I don't think so, because as luck would have it, <laughs> I don't even know if that's even an exaggeration right there, as luck would have it, who else but to give the Red Devils the lead against the Gunners than Anthony, who arrived at the club earlier this week, okay, after Manchester United spent 100 million euros to acquire Anthony from Ajax. <laughs> and I spoke about this. It was clearly obvious that he was not going to play earlier this week on Thursday against Leicester City because I said, I spoke to this with uh, Matt, okay? I said it would make more sense for Anthony to make his debut against Arsenal because Manchester United was having a was facing a huge game against Arsenal. And boy, was it a tough game. Yes, Manchester United did in fact win 3-1. to one. But let me tell you, when Manchester United broke through and scored those two goals, you know, around that time... You know that Manchester United waited for the perfect moment to take full control of the game, only to not even relinquish it at all. Although when Harry Maguire came into the game, I'll be honest, I was like, oh god, not this, not this, be But Manchester United managed to pull through, and I gotta mention, Harry Maguire, he comes in, commits a foul, Gives away a free kick. I'm like, oh no. Why does this have to happen? Why does this, this have to happen? But thankfully, Manchester United kept it together. There was nothing to worry about. Everything turned out to be okay. <sighs> so anyway, back to Anthony. 
of that goal. I mean, you know, I should mention that all three of the goals today, what's so amazing, and, and I really got to mention, it's so amazing that the goals, they had assists. Every, All three of these goals was provided with an assist. So that, ladies and gentlemen, tells me one very important thing. That teamwork is all of a sudden beginning to build a positive impact for the club. Teamwork is what it's all about. Manchester United needs to play as a team. If they can play as a team, they can score as a team, they can defend well on the team, as a team, excuse me. They can do what's most important out of anything. They win as a team. That is what it's all about. Winning as a team. Training as a team. Working as a team. Traveling as a team. Playing as a team. Winning as a team. The bottom line is, teamwork is one of the most important and most crucial qualities for Manchester United as far as success goes. And Manchester United is now on a four-game winning streak. And I know I should have mentioned this right at the beginning, but Manchester United, because obviously it's clearly obvious, everybody already knows, Manchester United giving Arsenal their first loss of the season, although Arsenal is still on top of the Premier League standings, still, at least, Manchester United got a hard-fought and well-deserved win. You cannot tell me, ladies and gentlemen, that Manchester United did not earn that win. They did earn that win. Now, a few times, maybe Manchester United might have gotten away with a couple of, with a couple of fouls. I mean, especially in that second half when Arsenal was just threatening and threatening and threatening and applying so much heavy pressure on Manchester United's defense, and Manchester United's defense was just fighting tooth and nail just to survive. And just how bad it was going, I'll be honest, I was like, any second now, Arsenal's going to equalize, and eventually they did. And when they equalized, I mean, I, I got to give Arsenal credit. I mean, that equalizer in the 60th minute, <laughs> that was honestly a thing of beauty from Arsenal. I mean, whether you hate Arsenal or not, you cannot deny that Bukayo Saka's equalizer... I mean, especially the way it was set up. He was right at the perfect place, right place, right time, in a perfect fashion. He took advantage. So I tip my hat to Bukayo Saka for a beautiful equalizer. Y'all know me, folks, okay? I love the game. As a kid, I was a huge Manchester United fan as well as a huge Real Madrid fan, okay? At this point, I, I mean, even though Man U is still somewhat close to my heart, I'm still kind of in a neutral position, but then again, it allows me to enjoy the game freely, and it allows me to have a little bit more passion. It allows me to do my job as like I'm doing here, so y'all know the deal. But still. Now, I did speak to a couple of the boys from the Stoppage Time FC soccer group that I'm part of. Namely, Mr. Rod Angeles, who's actually been on the show, and another who's a, who's a strong Manchester United fan. And also, um, a dude name, uh, by the name of Mr. Uh, Josh Storms, who's also... Uh, a Manchester United fan, and I and I did actually ask for their thoughts because you know obviously since both those guys are huge Manchester United supporters, obviously I was super curious to know their thoughts. Okay, and I and I did ask them a question about it because I I would have asked them that if it, in their honest opinion because of how Manch how Manchester United was able to win, how Arsenal kind of let after Arsenal equalized, I, I should I should mention that you know. Six minutes later, Marcus Rashford, you know, broke the broke the uh, the, the stalemate once again and made it two to one. And it, so the fact that Arsenal had equalized and it was a, back to being a stalemate. I mean, only briefly, you know. And, and the way uh, also how Manchester United sealed the deal. Uh, I I was really curious to ask those strong Manchester United supporters if they believe that maybe Arsenal got arrogant 
or maybe the, uh, they simply underestimated Manchester United. And I got to be honest, I mean, Josh Storm's a Rod Angelus. If, if those guys happen to be listening, I know Rod definitely will be. You know, of course, the fact that those two guys know soccer very well, I mean, they, they gave the answers just like the way we do it on the show. They gave it in a very knowledgeable way, in a very sophisticated way, and with, you know, passion and love of soccer. So, so basically, Rod basically said that, you know, he didn't believe that there was arrogance or simply underestimation. He, he just basically simply explained that Arsenal knew that they were they would be in it for a fight, even though Manchester United, even though a lot of people still kind of feel like maybe Manchester United is still not the old Manchester United. I mean, they beat Liverpool, especially because of how they beat Leicester City and Southampton in those fashions. I mean, people kind of thought maybe Manu got lucky those in those two previous wins, and maybe they did. Maybe they did, but but yeah, it's clearly obvious. Yeah, so Rod does have a point. Yeah, Arsenal knew they were in a fight, so I mean. I, yeah, so and I, honestly, and I have my answer, and I'll definitely, uh, I'll, de- I'll definitely give my answer. But, but Josh Storms did actually say that he, he basically kind of explained that he, he wasn't sure if arrogant was the right word to kind of describe the situation. He basically insisted that perhaps it was a possibility of Arsenal being complacent or maybe over too confident, because you know all, all of us because he he specifically stated that you know as I as I basically said how Arsenal was inflicting the pressure and, and threatening to score every time only to be thwarted even though they eventually equalized that he basically said that all of a sudden they could not hold on to the ball unless they were pushing up the pitch so so it, it's good and honestly and after they both gave their answers basically how I explained it is that Arsenal truly was not arrogant at all. But, and like I said, they definitely, I wouldn't say they underestimated Manchester United either. My, my basically, my, uh, my thesis, if you will, I would say that the fact that Arsenal was unable to score, again, despite the constant threatening and heavy pressure in that second half, it frustrated the hell out of, out of Arsenal. It truly did. And when you're that badly frustrated because you keep threatening and you have, you have all these scoring chances... And you're unable to put the ball into the back of the net. It's going to frustrate the hell out of a team so bad that it's going to affect them mentally. So the way I see it, Arsenal kept trying and trying and trying, but they could not score. So they got so frustrated that, again, it affected them mentally. And Manchester United waited for the perfect time to take full advantage of that. Because we all know, in the game of soccer... If one team is constantly threatening and putting pressure, but they're unable to get the job done, eventually, more often than not, they're going to let that frustration get so badly, deeply into their head that the effect is going to be clearly obvious, and the opposing club is going to wait for the right time to take full advantage of it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what Manchester United did. So y'all know that I am not exaggerating in this particular matter. As a matter of fact, I am super, you know, I was talking about, I was talking about being super curious to know the thoughts. You know, I should mention my good friend, the fiercely opinionated Josh McSwain. I haven't spoken to him about this game yet, but I am pretty sure that at the right time, he is going to text me and send me his thoughts. And I know that Josh is going to be listening. And Josh, I know that you are pumped up from this win. And I'll be honest, if by the time you listen to this, if, if you haven't texted me, you can comment on the YouTube, you can text me, but brother, I am so super curious to know your thoughts, and I know that much like me, not only are you going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, 
but you are going to deliver a verdict in a most knowledgeable, educated, passionate, and sophisticated way. And brother, I cannot wait. And quite frankly, I cannot wait to have you back on this show. And just let me know when you want to be on. And brother, as always, I will make it happen. Uh, y'all, y'all can just tell that this game, you know, I watched the whole thing and I'm just so pumped up, even though, again, you know, I, I, my bit of a position of being neutral, but, anyway. But I should also mention, like, at the end of my statement, I explained that even though Arsenal's equalizer helped them to a bit of an extent, you know, I think the fact that Arsenal must have told themselves that by the time they equalized, they felt that they should have been probably up probably 3-1 to one at that point, maybe 4-1. to one. I mean, the bottom line is Arsenal felt that they should have been in a better position. And quite frankly, they should have. But the, like I said, they tried and tried and tried, but they just could not put the ball into the back of the net. And again, if a team tries that hard, has all those chances granted to them, and they're unable to cash in, it's going to frustrate them. My good friend and my mentor, Steve Adams, has explained this, that when you are blessed with these chances and you cannot cash them in, it ultimately affects your ability to finish out strong. And Arsenal basically showed that. So so I kind of feel like, yeah, Arsenal kind of basically like, mentally kind of went down. I mean, I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they gave up. I mean, if if Manchester United had won like 5-1, to one, then that would clearly be the case that Arsenal simply gave up and said, fuck this, you know, we're done, whatever. But that's clearly not the case. I believe Arsenal did did fight hard to the end of the game, but despite their, their, their bit of a letdown with their frustrations... But they just could not basically fight enough to that point to kind of keep Manchester United intact. Manchester United began, began all of a sudden to kind of wreak the havoc a little bit. Manchester United all of a sudden was kind of like that team that was dominating that was Arsenal before. It's kind of like, the, the, well, I mean, clearly the momentum shifted because, you know, again, Manchester United waited for the perfect time to take advantage. And the way to, the way they did it, you know, they, they scored those goals in the 66th minute, you know, with, with an assist from Bruno Fernandes. You know, Marcus Rashford just, I mean, in such beautiful fashion, too. I mean, I, I cannot tell y'all, you know, how many times I, I've watched, uh, I've watched, you know, Marcus Rashford, you know, break the, the stalemate. And that assist from Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford beating those two defenders, I mean, damn. <laughs> oh. You, you see, that right there, I mean, as I'm, like, talking right now, and I'm kind of seeing, you know, how Arsenal basically, like, Gets thwarted, you know, from a counterattack, you know, launched by Manchester United, and Bruno Fernandez begins sprinting, and then he makes that deep pass, and then Marcus Rashford, right there, right place at the right time. It's two on one, two defenders on Marcus Rashford. He slips right through them, sprints up the, sprints down the pitch towards the Arsenal goalkeeper, and just beats the Arsenal goalkeeper in such a passionate fashion. I actually told both uh, Rod and Josh that. Marcus Rashford, I also told this to uh, Mr. Carson Babini, who's a huge Manchester United fan, and I said that both goals scored by Marcus Rashford were done so confidently and so brilliantly. I mean, and really at the end of the day, there's just there's just simply no arguing that. I mean, all, all of a sudden, you know, Marcus Rashford is just, you know, like, we're seeing what we, I mean, I'm definitely seeing what I want to see out of him. So, I mean, again, you know, from those praises, it's just so, it's, it's just so tough to really kind of like outshine the, all, all the praise I have. I mean, basically, uh, just to clarify it, because you know sometimes I get so excited I even forget what I said earlier. I actually have to go back in my notes because I actually quoted myself a bit. 
But I said that Marcus Rashford's two goals were scored so confidently and passionately. I mean, the fact that all of a sudden he's got the passion he's and he's got the confidence in himself. He's got the passion. He's motivated because the all of his teammates are playing great. So it's it's inspiring him to, to be his best as well. Oh, boy. Oh. And, of course, Rod Angelus, you know, reminds me of, like, the, the, the dynamic duo of Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandez. I mean, yeah. I mean, th that's why I said all, all of a sudden that's all the teamwork right there. There's the teamwork right there. I mean, Christian Eriksen provided a beautiful assist in the third goal of the game. So Bruno Fernandez provides a beautiful assist. And then Christian Eriksen goes on to do the same. I mean, there you go. There's that solid teamwork that I was talking about earlier. So, man. <sighs> but again, you know, look at the highlights. You know, just like seeing the buildup happen and making it happen so quick. I mean, Manchester United played in a fast pace. And oh, look at those defenders just simply fooled. I mean, one of the one of the defenders, you know, makes that last attempt to like do a sliding tackle to to thwart the the the, the shot, but you know, is unsuccessful. I mean, that actually happened in Marcus Rashford's third goal. I mean, I'm not sure if it was the same defender. It looks to be like it was the same defender, but but you know, I give credit to that Arsenal defender. You know, he 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 made one he made one last attempt. It was courageous. It was hard work. It just it, it just obviously didn't go in his favor. But you know. The, the, you, you got to give him the credit. The fact is, he tried, and you know he didn't give up on that play. So, seeing it from the close up, yeah, I, I think it was that same defender who did the same thing in, the, in Marcus Rashford's second goal. But you know, speaking of Marcus Rashford, I believe this is his first brace against Arsenal since he made his Premier Premier League debut, which I believe was against Arsenal. So, yeah, all the so so basically in that case, you know, if if, if it's actually accurate, I mean, of course, all of a sudden Marcus Rashford is having a great game against Arsenal. I mean, isn't that how it all started? Oh, man. But, you know, after that, you know, all of a sudden, immediately after that, <laughs> you know, Manchester United is threatening and threatening and threatening. And I'm just like, yeah, that's why I said, like, the pace changed. And, I mean, then Arsenal's kind of being in that position that Manchester United's defense was. So Arsenal's defense is kind of like what Manchester United's defense was going through, like playing heavy, solid defense to keep the ball away from the goalkeeper. <laughs> but even the, even the goalkeeper was, was putting in the extra work and, you know, cause, like I said, that basically kind of solidifies the fact that I said that the pace had fully gone into Manchester United's favor as far as the, the the scoring attempts. So, I mean, even Bruno Fernandes was out there, you know, like, trying to even go for a goal of his own, too, because yeah, he was really trying to keep the pace, uh, the offensive pace up, so... Ugh. But, you know, now that I'm looking at the uh, third goal, I mean, just to, because, you know, the fact that I'm talking about it and watching it, I'm just like... It allows her to bring up that passion, and then all of a sudden, you know, like uh, Christian Eriksen breaks free, and then makes that last-second pass to Marcus Rashford, and Marcus Rashford beats the defender and beats the goalkeeper. So it was another two-on-one. So some might say that was another two-on-one situation because you know, like that, but I'm not sure. So if, if that's the case, some might say it was th it was three-on-one earlier because you got the two defenders and the goalkeeper, but but uh, seeing Christian Eriksen just sprint down the the, the field. And then, like, make that last set, last pass to catch to catch the goalkeeper off guard, and then the defender. Although the Arsenal defender was a little bit off, I mean, he again makes that last ditch effort to stop the goal, but it doesn't work. And Marcus Rashford just smashes that ball right in right under that back of that net. I mean, just absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So I mean. You know, and speaking of Rashford, I should, you know, speaking of assists, I should have mentioned this. I mean, Marcus Rashford actually had the assist in the opening goal, you know, for Anthony. So, 
So Marcus Rashford scores two goals and has an assist. I mean, against Arsenal. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, it's I mean, again that confidence and that passion. All of a sudden, it, it, it's it all it all fits. <laughs> it's just amazing how in that that quick pace of how Manchester United scoring those those goals. It's just. You know, I, I can honestly say that Marcus Rashford almost pulled the, the same move that Vinicius Jr. did in the Champions League final, but except except the Arsenal defender, you know, kind of became aware of it, although it was a little too little too late, but still kind of made the effort. So again, I give the Arsenal defender credit because he, he was actually close. He was a lot, a lot closer, and you know, he, he made the last second effort. He never gave up on the play. So I give the Arsenal defender credit on that. He never gave up. It, it like that. He put he he put in the work. It, it just did not. It, it just it just did not go in, in his favor. So, oh, but man, th those those two goals by Marcus Rashford, I just I I, I just ha I just don't have enough praise. I mean, I, I feel like every single thing I say is too much of a of an understatement. But I can honestly say the best thing to say is those those golazos. I mean, the teamwork, the finish, they all they all truly speak for themselves. So. Oh uh, look, they, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of reminded how Harry Maguire, you know, came in, you know, like that, and then kind of, you know, you know, I gotta be honest, you know, when Harry Maguire kind of gave away that free kick, I mean, it was de it was definitely a blunder on uh, on Manchester United because Arsenal launched, uh, you know, intercepted a pa intercepted the ball and kind of attempted a scoring threat of their own, you know, the, the way I'm, I'm seeing it right now, so. Yeah, so I think Harry Maguire kind of. Commit, committed that bit of that foul out of desperation. I mean, sometimes I guess you got it. You get sometimes you, you you got to do it, but you know the risk is there. But see, but seeing how you know how a bit of a blunder, how like how Arsenal got the ball back, and then all of a sudden you know they're threatening, and then Harry Maguire stops it like that. It's it could have been costly. I mean, you know Harry Maguire got yellow carded from that, and honestly, it's you know it's it's rightfully so. At least I believe he did. I mean, I would have. Would not have made sense if he was. Yeah, he was. Okay, he was definitely he was yellow carded. Just want to make sure. So I mean, it was, it was rightfully so because the, the the foul was clearly obvious. But but you know, but the close the closing minutes, you know, uh, you know the last like you know in the 80th minute after that, you know things got a little bit more physical and you know the game was really at that point. You know, Arsenal was just trying to like a last second attempt to pull off pull off such a damn freaking miracle and. There was a little bit of physical physicality. I mean, I want to play how Malasio was kind of taken down by uh, by by Bukayo Saka. So, you know, the game, you know, like that. And Arsenal attempted a few times, you know, but David De Gea was able to make the saves. The, the Manchester United defense was able to hold them off, you know, with confidence and not and not much have not not much have anything to worry about. So, so again, you know, Manchester United start to finish. Especially that, that brilliant second half. I mean, Manchester United again. You know, I can't. You, nobody could deny deny the fact that Manchester United won fair and square. They they did their job to the best of their ability, and and it worked out for them. And at the same time, I'm not going to deny the. I'm, I'm also going to give the credit to Arsenal. I mean, it's unfortunate that you know it wasn't a good day for them. I I would honestly say Arsenal did their job to the best of their ability, but unfortunately, their best you know simply could not get the job done and. And that, that that's all I, I can honestly say as far as uh, my performance goes. You know, she mentioned how Arsenal had 60% ball possession and Arsenal had three shots on target. You know, while Manchester United had six. 
I mean, Arsenal kind of basically you know, had more passes. You know, Arsenal kind of basically dominated the match. I mean, I can honestly say that Manchester, that Arsenal did seriously at, at some points. Like, they were... Like, I, I would have said this. Like, if the game had ended in a one nothing win for Manchester United, I, I would have said that Arsenal truly... They kicked Manchester United's ass. And the only reason why Manchester United was able to get the three points in that situation was not only from the heavy defending... But for the fact that Man that Arsenal was unable to score in the corner of this, you know, the, the two the two big chances missed by Manchester United and the one by Arsenal. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! It speaks for saying you know, four offsides for Manchester United and Arsenal got zero, so that's pretty interesting. And sixteen total crosses for Arsenal, while Manu only had six. I should mention that's tw twenty one clearances. 21 clearances for Manchester United's defense. I mean, that's amazing. And 11 interceptions. So Man Man Manchester United's defense just rock solid. And the defense really is, you know, really is putting that hard work. So so whatever Eric Ten Hag is, you know, putting is doing, you know, he's, I'm sure he's making them work their ass off. And, he, and I'm sure whatever he's doing, it seems to be working. So whatever whatever's going on, you know, keep doing it. And got to keep going moving forward. So anyway... So Manchester United actually, as a matter of fact, in a few days they'll actually play their first Europa League uh, group stage game at home against Real Sociedad before they uh, go on the road to take on Crystal Palace. So, so the next uh, Premier League uh, games, you know, they got Crystal Palace and Leeds United before they go on the before they take on their neighbors Manchester City on the road. So, so Manchester United's got to keep going and keep going and keep going. They they're, they're clearly making progress, but no doubt there's more and more work to do. But if Manchester United can keep going, then things can simply get better and better and better. But it's up to the club to make things work out for the best. So that's it for Manchester United. But before I let y'all go, I do want to take a little bit of a look at the Premier League because I didn't, I haven't actually, I actually do did do a recap for for the previous week and and like that. And since I'm not gonna do a full recap of this week either, I'm, I'm gonna kind of at least kind of take, you know, talk about it a, a little bit. So. So I mentioned how I appreciate everybody, everybody's uh, strong support. So anyway, kind of uh, pulling it up a little bit. <clears throat> well, you know, going back to a little bit of, of match day five, you know, the fact, you know, that Southampton beat Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> that was kind of like, I was like, man, you, you got you to gotta slap me in the face. I mean, did this, did this really happen? I mean, I... I don't know if I should say it's the fact that Southampton pulled off the massive upset against Chelsea, but the fact that Southampton went into the went into the end of the went into the ended the first half with a two one lead and that was actually the final score. I mean, that's just the amazing part. I mean, Raheem Sterling puts Chelsea up ahead in the twenty third minute, only for Southampton to equalize five minutes later and to take the lead. You know, in the in the closing time of the first half. So, man. I mean, ball possession was truly in Chelsea's favor, 68%. Ugh. Four, shot, four shots on target for Chelsea, and Southampton had seven shots on target. So in Chelsea's case, it truly could have been a whole lot worse, wouldn't you say? Huh. <laughs> Ugh. Man. Whew. Anyway. These games, you know, Leeds United and Everton tying it up. You know, Manchester City just destroying Nottingham Forest. Uh, be a beautiful hat trick by Erling Holland. <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of Erling Holland, I mean, of course, yeah, he's got that 
beautiful hat trick against um, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest, and then I, and if, if I, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, anyway, I think he's he's, he's basically on a on back to back hat tricks. If, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct, I mean, Erling Holland's just you know like was simply just being Erling Holland, right? <laughs> Start off a little a little bit off, but then it, it just got better. So, you know. Erling, Erling Holland had that hat trick against Crystal Palace, and then he had that one against Nottingham Forest, so he had the back-to-back -back hat trick, so... <laughs> so, so far, the, the heavy investment in Erling Holland is certainly paying off, and and my, and my, my guy, Joe, Joe Maver, who's a strong supporter of Manchester City, I mean, you know, he kindly reminded everybody how people were saying that Erling Holland would not fit Pep Guardiola's uh, scheme and formation and tactics or play style, however, however you want to describe it. And I, I know, and I did speak to I did speak to Joe, and and Joe actually backed me up on it because Joe knew that I was not one of those people that said that Erling Holland would not fit in, because Joe, you know, Joe being a strong supporter of this show, and Joe being a good friend, and and Joe, I, I know that you'll be listening to this, brother. So I, I got your back, and I appreciate and I appreciate the support. And anyway, but but I told Joe actually that <clears throat> that Erling Holland is definitely going to fit in. But if, if he struggles at first, it's nothing to worry about because it, it takes time to, to adapt. Especially for when you go from Bundesliga to the Premier League, it's normal that it takes time to fully adapt. I mean, Erling Haaland can go quicker than we could ever anticipate because, you know, Erling Haaland is just so talented. I mean, he could do it a whole lot quicker. But but I told Joe, I'm not going to rush things with Erling Haaland. So, and, and Joe, Joe would definitely confirm this. Because I'm sure Joe has mentioned this on the on the on his show, uh, the Send Network, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, then I apologize. I kind of feel stupid if I'm not. But but I told but, but the bottom line is I I told Joe I'm not gonna rush things with Erling Holland. Quite frankly, nobody should. If Erling, I mean, I, I said to, I think the most important thing that I told Joe, and, I, and Joe will certainly back me up on this. I said if people expect Erling Holland to score a brace or a hat trick just like that. Then they clearly don't understand how, how the game goes because again, Erling Haaland has to adapt. He has to learn the system in the Premier League. Again, he went from Bundesliga to the Premier League. You have to do your homework. You gotta train hard. It takes time. That's the bottom line right there. It takes time. So, and Erling Haaland already it's clearly, you know, right now that progress is truly being made. Now, does Erling Haaland still have a lot a lot to work on? Does he still have a lot to learn? Does he still have a lot, you know, a, a lot more to do as far as adapting? Of course he does, but he's making progress, and progress is key. So, you know, he did, he did, and he did score the goal for Manchester City in the in their tie against Aston Villa, which was actually uh, yesterday. So, so yeah, Erling Haaland, I believe, you know, unless my eyes deceive me, I believe that right now he's got to be the, he's definitely the top scorer. I mean, he's got ten goals now, so he's the top scorer in the Premier League. So, so, so it's truly justifiably solidified that. Positive progress is truly being made for Erling Haaland, and I'm sure Joe would remind everybody of this since I just said it that that Erling Haaland is definitely making progress and adapting a whole lot quicker than we could have could have anticipated. And if Joe would ever bring this up with to me and say how he would say, Alex, you, you did mention the possibility of Erling Haaland doing it a whole lot quicker. I said, well, Joe, at the end of the day, that that's Erling Haaland for you. I mean, some players can do it quickly. Some players need a little bit more time. But regardless, Erling Holland, he's making great progress. But still, not, I'm still gonna not gonna rush anything like that. You know, Erling Holland's gonna continue continue to, to do great. 
So, I mean, not to take anything from Erling Holland, I mean, he, he scores the hat-trick against uh, Crystal Palace and against Nottingham Forest. I think the, ne the next test, or the next objective, rather, is can Erling Holland do that against the big clubs? Like, could he do that against, say, Arsenal or Chelsea, you know, for that matter? And, and I'm pretty sure that Erling Holland could definitely do it. But again, I'm not rushing anything as far as Erling Holland goes. I'm going to, you know, it's going to take time. And, and again, progress is being made, so, so there you go. Anyway, well, on August 31st, Tottenham and West Ham tying. And, yeah, certainly didn't see that coming. But kind of I'll say about, about match day five again. I'm not, I'm not gonna do the full uh, walkthrough. I'm gonna cut a couple of things. I mean, match day six yesterday. I mean, Everton and Liverpool end up in a, in a zero zero tie. Huh. You know, sometimes I ask myself, is that is that a win for Everton? Huh. I mean, the fact that Liverpool had eight shots on target and couldn't even cover it one time. I mean, I'm I am I am actually curious to know uh, the thoughts of my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, and. So I, I'm, pre you know, I'm pretty sure that you know, he's probably going to bring up the fact how Liverpool's been off to a bad start. I mean, Liverpool, you know, had that nine nothing win against Bournemouth, and of course, you know, it, it was Bournemouth. So of course, Liverpool was going to destroy them. So, so people would say, yeah, Liverpool goes from destroying Bournemouth, you know, nine to zero, to tying tying against um, against Everton. But that's not the case because uh, let's not forget when Liverpool beat Newcastle and. I mean, even at one point, even though Newcastle led for a, a part of the game when Newcastle took the lead, because, you know, again, you know, some people like, because I've already had three people mention how it's a, they, they were amazed how Liverpool went from beating Bournemouth to tying against Everton, but then I have to remind them about the 2-1 the to -one win against the Newcastle. But, you know, Fabio Carvalho, you know, giving the game-winning goal, you know, so, you know, in the eighth minute of, of stoppage time, and I think that the discussion was that I think it was originally supposed to be five minutes of stoppage time, but I I'm not sure entirely why the, the game kept going. Uh, one of the other guys from Stoppage Time FC who, is also, who also listens to the show, uh, um, his name is uh, Julio, he actually kind of basically kind of gave a, a bit of a verdict on that one because he was talking about it in, in the group. And um, I'm not, I don't recall exactly what he said, but, but you can tell that what he said, I mean, he, he was really kind of pointing, he was, he was really kind of pointing out something. He was really kind of, uh, he was making his point in the way it's supposed to be done. Like he was basically sh saying, telling it like it is. I mean, at the end of the day, Julio, Julio was basically kind of showing that much like me, much like Joe, like much like everybody that I mentioned on on this show. I mean, he's got that love and passion for the game, and he takes it so seriously. I mean, he, he really utilizes the sophisticated knowledge to kind of make his points. I mean, that's kind of how we soccer fans are supposed to be. So, uh so yeah. So as far as Julio goes, I mean, I, I forgot exactly what he said, but uh, I, I when I saw it, I was just kind of like, you know, you know, he made his point, and you know, I, and I can honestly tell you that again, since I don't recall exactly what he said, you know, he said what he, he said what he said, and he said it with, with with such conviction. So, so you know, so Julio basically stood his ground and didn't back out of anything. So, yeah, so. You know, it, it, it is what it is, but uh, but how the, the game went against Newcastle, I'm just kind of like I I, I, really, I really don't know um, exactly how that game went, but with all that stop that extra stoppage time, it's uh, boom, there you, there you go. So anyway, 
that game against Newcastle. So the last thing I'll do is uh, take a look at the standings, but let me see what, what else uh, about uh, the, the, this this week as well. You know, Tottenham beating Tottenham beating Fulham, Chelsea beating West Ham. There's that tie between Aston Villa and Manchester City as well as Everton and Liverpool. Of course, there was the Manchester United's win against Arsenal and, Brent, and Brentford. Just you know, f f that five or two win against Leeds United. Man, you know Brighton beating Leicester City. And all these surprising results. I mean, these, these surprising and shocking results. I mean, again, I got to remind everybody that's the English Premier League for you and Wolverhampton beating Southampton. So, a lot of results that we don't really expect. But again, that's the EPL for you. So looking at match day seven, you got Fulham hosting Chelsea, Liverpool hosting Wolverhampton, Southampton versus Brentford, Manchester City versus Tottenham. That's definitely something. That's definitely a match I've got my eye on. Arsenal versus Everton, Leeds United versus Nottingham Forest. I mean, not quite an exciting week. I mean, you know, aside, you know, I think the only game that I think most of us have our eye on will be Manchester City versus Tottenham. But, you know, the Champions League is actually about to start. So I think everybody's going to be keeping an eye on more on the Champions League than probably the Premier League. But I'm going to be keeping my eye out, eye out on both because, you know, I need it for the show. So, anyway, that's all i got to say about that. And what I want to do before I give the message for my sponsors is the standings. And then, Arsenal, again, like I mentioned, Arsenal is still on top. You know, five wins and one in their first loss. Manchester City right under them, four wins and two draws, and there's actually only a one-point difference between Manchester City and Arsenal. And Tottenham and Manchester City in the same position, both with four wins and two draws. The difference between them is uh, Manchester City has uh, scored 20 times while conceding only six times, while Tottenham has scored 12 times and conceding five times. They got Brighton right in fourth place, and, Man and Manchester United is up in fifth. You know, Manchester United getting on that four-game four-game winning streak. So, after starting out with two losses, so, so you know, Manchester United winning four straight games, and, you know, they really got to keep it going, because, you know, if, if, they can, if they can go into the game against Manchester City on, on a six-game winning streak in Premier League play, that would certainly make things a bit more interesting, but, you know, also, you know, they got to do well in the Europa League, you know, Manchester United has, has got to find a way to win a, top, to win a title, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody at this point is kind of at, asking about my level of optimism as far as Manchester United goes. I mean, I, th I think after today, it's at 30%. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not going to rush anything because still there's still a lot to play. And I, and I want to see if Manchester United can build on, on these convincing wins. Like, Because this is what I said. They beat Liverpool. Can they build on it? And they did. They, they, they won two more games after that. All right, now you beat now you beat Arsenal at home in a in a very fantastic way in the most in a very convincing and hard fought way. Can Manchester United build on it? So if they win their next two PL games, if they start off the Europa League in a good way, if they somehow manage to pull off a, a massive upset against Manchester City on, on the on the visiting side, and then I'm like okay, all right, so you beat Manchester Manchester City, can you build on it? So the bottom line is Manchester United has to build and build and build and build. And to take things, to take their skills and everything to the next level, and to basically improve in the areas that need improvement. Even you're doing good in one, in one certain area, you always got to find the ways to improve. I mean, Manchester United needs to just keep going, keep going, keep working hard, keep getting better. Okay, if Manchester United really wants to re-earn the full respect, again, they got to earn it, and the way to do it is by results on the pitch. And that is all I got to say, ladies and gentlemen. Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. 
Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, as well as Major League Soccer and the European Soccer. And for right now, Fanatics is also paired up with WWEShop.com. WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you are looking to shop at WBShop.com, just find the link in the description. You can get your wrestling merch and take advantage of the best deals. And also, if you're looking to get your sports merch with Fanatics, you can also find the link in the description and take advantage of the best deals also. And Into the NFC is also proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now, you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the description, set up your account, and start binge-watching soccer as well as your favorite shows. And once again, take advantage of Fanatics, get your merch, whether it's soccer merch, football merch, sports merch, whatever. And also for you wrestling fans, get your wrestling merch and take advantage of the best shopping deals ever. Trust me when I say this, Fanatics is the best way to go. And Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.